Listen, if you have your Bible this morning, we are in a series called A New Season. Today we're going to finish up a new perspective. If you have your Bible, turn to Isaiah chapter number 43rd. Isaiah chapter 43. In this series, A New Season, we're discovering uh, the heart of God and how he loves to just make all things new. He loves to do it. Amen. And this new season, here's my definition of what I'm talking about for a new season. It is simply this. It's a, a time or period created by God. See, he creates the new season. Characterized by a move of his Holy Spirit. Having recently come into existence. In other words, he's doing something that's not been done before. Come on. Being built on a former time, so we don't forget about our experiences, but we stand on our experiences to move forward, yet never seen before, but it glorifies God. This season in your life and in our church glorifies God. It's not just a season to say, oh, look, I come into a new season. I got a new promotion. I got new money. I got a new restored this or that. But in the end, it glorifies God. That's the purpose of the new season. Why? Because it's all about him. It's not about us. It's about him. To go into a new season, you need a new perspective. You need to be able to see things the way that God sees things. Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19 say this. I'm reading it out of the English Standard Version. It says, Remember not the former things, nor consider. He says, don't even consider the things of old. Behold, in other words, look, look, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Do you not see what I am doing? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Oh, in the Good News translation, it goes like this. But the Lord says, don't cling to the events of the past. Come on, or dwell on what happened a long time ago. Watch for this new thing that I am going to do. And it's happening already. You can see it now. I'll make a road through the wilderness. And there are streams of water that I'm forging in this new season. Even another version, the Living Bible, puts it like this. I like this one the best. It says, but forget all of that. Forget it. Italian descent, forget about it. Forget all It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm going to do a brand new thing. See, I have already begun. The wheels are in motion. Oh, come on. Don't you see it? I will make a road through the wilderness of the world for my people to go home, to create rivers for them in the desert. I'm creating rivers for them right in the desert. Now, we have to be able to see things the way that God sees things. Perspective is so important. You ever heard the phrase perception is reality? No one's ever heard that? Well, there's a phrase that says perception is reality. Here's what I believe that that means, especially spiritually. It doesn't necessarily mean, you know, just because I see and perceive that that wall back there is green, that all of a sudden magically it transforms into green. 
But here's what it means is that your perception of something causes you to begin to react a certain way. And it now becomes your reality. Even though others see something different, because you see things a certain way, you begin to act and react according to what you perceive. And now that all of a sudden becomes your reality. That is how you live. That's how you walk. That's how you move. That's how you breathe based on what you perceive, right or wrong. Now, the only right perception is God's perception. We need to be able to perceive what God perceives. We need to be able to have God's perspective on a thing. What is a perspective? It's the angle or direction in which a person looks at an object. It's the ability to understand what is important and what isn't important. A particular attitude toward a way of regarding something, it is simply a point of view. Come on. It's your point of view. Now, we need God's point of view. We need his point of view, folks. Psalm 103.7 says this, He, God, made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. See, the people got to see what God did. But Moses understood why God did it. Come on. He was able to perceive it the way God perceived it because God showed him. This is the difference between knowledge and perspective. Knowledge is learning what God has said and what God has done. Perspective is understanding why God said it or why he did it. And that's what we need. We need some God perspective in our lives. Listen, here's where God's taken us. Now, now stick with me. Here's where God's taken us. He's taken us to a point where we leave a level of just serving God because he said so. Now, to some, that's going to be a little you know, sacrilegious because if God says it, we just need to do it. And that is the truth. I'm not going against that. Remember, we're not, we're not uh, getting rid of uh, our foundation, but we're building on it. God wants to take us to a level where you're not doing it just because I said it, but you're doing it because you love me and because of who I am and because you begin to understand why I'm doing it. See, I'm, God's saying, I'm talking to you, and I'm explaining things to you, and I want you to... That's what he said in Isaiah, what we just read. Do you not see it? That word there is perceive the Hebrew word. Can you not see it? I'm giving you a revelation of it. Can you not peer behind the curtain that I've opened up and have a glimpse of what I am doing? God wants you to see it. He wants you to perceive it. And so now he's taken us to a new level, another level of not just, well, God said it, I'm going to do it just because he said it, not understanding why, not understanding why, not understanding anything, just blindly doing it. You know what? That's a good start. That's where we need to start. I mean, when you are saved, when you give uh, the Lord your life and he comes into your life, you start at Listen, whatever God says, that's what I'm doing. Understand it or not. That's where I'm starting. Now, you never lose that. See, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. You never lose it because you'll never get to a point where you understand every single thing. Come on. God is just too awesome. 
He's just too vast. Come on. He's too much for that. But you're going to get to a point where there will be things he tells you and you'll go, yeah, Lord, I can see that ahead of time. Uh, too many of us go through something and then not till we get way down here and we look back and say, oh, I see why God did that. But he's bringing us to a point while we're going through it, we can say, yeah, I can see it. I see what everybody else is looking at, but I can see this thing from your perspective, God, as I walk through this thing. This is where God is taking us to. And you must have that perspective. Here's some things that perspective does for us. Perspective, first of all, causes us to love God more. Causes us to love Him even more. You must understand that the better we understand the nature and the ways of God, the more that we love Him. Paul said this, He wants you to understand and to actually feel how deep, how wide, and how high the love of God is for you. Oh, it's deep, it's wide, and it's high. Perce- perce- the correct perception and the correct perspective allows us to love him even more. You ever had someone, maybe when you were in school or maybe on your job, maybe someone even in your family that, you know, you just don't understand why they do the things that they do. You know, and you just shake your head sometimes at the way that they act or react to things. Some of the things that they say just kind of makes you shake your head. And then one day, you see things from their point of view. Maybe you're in their shoes for a moment. Maybe you're with them when they go through something that you hadn't seen before. And all of a sudden you say, hmm, I have a different perspective now of this person. I can see why they react the way they do. I can see why they act and say the things that they say. I can see why they're in the position that they're in. And now all of a sudden, you have a different perspective of that person. And it causes you to have a different appreciation now for them. Even a different love for them. Now you accept them for who they are because you have an understanding. This is the way it is with the Lord. There's things we don't understand. Why is God doing it that way? Why would he have me move here only to come back over here? Why would he have me do that only now to deny that? Now I have this. But now when you begin to see things the way God sees them, and you begin to understand his modus operandi, the way that he operates, come on, his SOP, his standard of procedures, this is the way that God does things because we quote, oh, his ways are higher than our ways. We quote, his thoughts are much higher than our thoughts. But sometimes we don't live it. Come on. When the rubber meets the road, sometimes we don't live it. But it's the absolute truth. His ways are higher than our ways, folks. And he wants us to know what they are. See, he doesn't have ways way up here. And he's saying, you'll just never understand it. Just stay down there and don't worry about it. God doesn't say that. What he's saying is, my ways are way up here. And guess what? I want to come get you and bring you up. Come on. You are seated in heavenly places. God wants to bring you up to where he is. Perspective also helps us to resist temptation. See, there's a lot of things we don't understand about sin. (laughs) There's a lot of things we don't understand about doing things outside of the will of God. 
Very often things will happen in our life and we'll say, well, you know, it really doesn't hurt anybody but me. It was just me. No one saw me. No one heard me. Or that person that I said that to, they, I know it was mean, but they really needed to hear what I had to say uh, so that they can change. And we don't understand some things. Here's what God wants you to understand about sin. Sin is like tossing a small rock into a lake. Small rock. Toss it into a big lake. Doesn't seem like anything happens, does it? But how many know the laws of science come into play? And when that rock hits that water, it causes a ripple effect. That we don't even, in fact, you don't even know how far that ripple effect goes. It goes further than what you can see. When you perceive that the ripple has stopped, it's still going on. That's the way sin is. When we do that, it causes a ripple effect that we don't even know. But if you have God's perspective and you begin to understand that, you'll say, listen, I don't need that. I don't need to cause ripple effects. Because while I'm causing ripple effects, someone else is causing a ripple effect on me. Come on. So perspective helps us to deal and resist temptation. Perspective helps us to handle trials. When we begin to understand God's way and how he does things, when trials come your way, it helps us to handle them. Whoever told you that once you become a Christian, your life is trial and, and your life, the enemy won't bring anything against you and you'll just have uh, peaches and cream the rest of your life was lying to you. They were lying to you. But what God is telling you, here's the good news about it. What God is telling you is that you're going to live a life of an overcomer. You don't have anything to overcome. You can't be an overcomer. I would much rather live a life that anything is thrown my way. Expected or unexpected, I'm able to overcome it because of the grace of God on my life, because I'm following the principles that he set before me. When I'm able to do that, I'm able to overcome anything that the enemy throws my way, that my friends throw my way, that my natural enemies throw my way, that my boss, teacher, whoever can throw it my way. But guess what? I'm an overcomer. In fact, I like to think of myself as a conqueror. But when I told God I was a conqueror, he said, well, you're a little wrong. Your theology is a little flawed, my brother. I said, well, what do you mean, God? He said, you're not a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror. You're high above a conqueror. Come on. Because of the grace that I have bestowed upon you, you are more than a conqueror. Look at somebody and say, I'm more than a conqueror. And so are you. Come on, somebody. More than a conqueror. Perspective helps us and it protects us from error. We begin, not that we don't ever make mistakes, come on, but we begin to make less mistakes when we have the correct perspective. Why? Because we understand why God is doing what he is doing. If there was ever a time that Christians need to be grounded in truth, come on somebody, it is today. All pluralism has created a very confusing culture for us today. Come on. Some people say, I feel sorry for our young people. You know what? I don't feel sorry for our young people. You want to know why? Because God is just as strong as he was uh, 2,000 years ago. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So I stopped doing that. I stopped saying, I feel sorry for young people. You know, I, my mother said that. Oh, I feel sorry for your generation. I just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, gas is going to be $2 and $3. I don't know how you're going to get to work. I don't know how you're going to make it. 
And her mom was saying the same thing to her. We're saying the same thing to our kids. Guess what? God is still there. God is still in control. And it's a better time than it's ever been. I don't care what's going on around you. I don't care about the politics or the economics. I don't care about any of that stuff. God is the king of all kings. No matter who it is. He's the king of kings. And now is the time. Come on. Now is the time. It's a great time to be alive. I don't know about you, but it's a great time to be alive. Young or old. Come on. I can learn something about Snappy Chat. Yes. Nia was trying to show it to me the other day. I was having little problems, but uh, I'll get it. I'll get it sooner or later. (laughs) She just shakes her head. Oh, Dad. But I do love being alive today. Amen. And perspective helps us to fulfill God's will for our lives. It helps us to fulfill God's will. Once we're able to see things God's way, listen to this now, we have no problem moving forward with what God is telling us to do. We no longer have a fear of the unknown because God begins to reveal things to us. It's no longer scary. I'm afraid. To, I just don't know if I'm in God's will. Did he really say it? Did he not say it? Come on, the enemy said that from the beginning of man and woman. Did he really say it? Come to a point where you say, yes, he said it. Yes, I'm an overcomer. Yes, I am more than a conqueror. Come on. Get to that point. Settle it in yourself. You are in God's will. And he has set his love upon you. Settle it with yourself this morning. See, the right perspective moves us past hesitation. And it puts us on the offensive. Did you know that you're supposed to be an offensive church? Did you realize that? Oh, Jesus told Peter that. We just didn't perceive what Jesus was saying. He said the gates of hell will not stand against the church. The gates of hell will not stand against the church. Now, sometimes when we read that whole uh, passage of Scripture, we're thinking that, you know, the church will stand, the church is on a rock, you know, and uh, when the gates of hell come against us, you know, we're able to stand and fend it off. But I don't believe that's what Jesus was saying at all. I believe Jesus was saying we're marching, we're going through, and the gates of hell that are trying to keep us out, They can't stand against us. We'll bowl them right over. Nothing can stop the church. Nothing can stop us. I said nothing can stop us. Come on. If God be for you, who can be against you? Who can stand against you? Come on. He created your enemy and he created the gates. He created the tactics. Come on. He created it all. God is for you. He is in love with you. I love that phrase, he's, he's not mad at you, he's madly in love with you. It's just up to us to line up to it, come on. Oh, it brings down the standards that we've put up to prevent vulnerability. Come on, how many know that sometimes when we get hurt, when we get offended, we put up some walls. Well, I'm just going to stay here in my place. I'm still going to serve the Lord. I'll come to church on Sunday. I'm not going to go to the Bible Bowl or anything like that or come out on any different nights. I won't call people. I won't go to counseling. Uh, I won't do anything. I'll just come to church on Sunday and stay in my safe place. And we put up these walls. And God is saying, I have so much to bless you with. 
and I want to do so many things through you, but you have up walls, and you're afraid to be vulnerable. But the right perspective helps us to prevent putting up those walls of vulnerability, and it allows us to receive blessings from God. God has so many blessings. And so what do we need to do? Let's finish this off. What do we need to do to gain a new perspective? If we're going to go into a new season, we need a new perspective. We need to be able to see it. Okay, we've established that, right? You with me? We need to be able to see what God is doing and why he's doing it. So how do we get this new perspective? Do we just wake up one day and all of a sudden by osmosis, oh, I see. Here's how we gain the new perspective. Three things, and they're very simple. You know them, but here's what I'm here to do for you this morning. I'm here to encourage you to actually flow in it. (laughs) Come on. Not that you don't know it. We're moving from knowledge this morning, folks. We're moving from knowledge to perspective. That's where we're going. Moving from knowledge to perspective. First thing is we need to understand the Word of God. We need to understand it. In order to gain a new perspective, we have to understand it. And the way that you understand the Word of God is you, you meditate on it. Obviously, you read it. Come on. Get it in your spirit. You think about it. You meditate on it. Meditating on God's Word gives you God's perspective. It gives you a glimpse of God's heart. That's what it does. It replaces doubt with faith because you begin to see precedent. There's precedent for what you're going through. There is precedent for what the enemy is bringing against you. Come on. Precedent. Meditating on God's Word begins to reveal obstacles. Before you conquer obstacles, they need to be revealed to you. Oh, now I can see that thing. I can see what was stopping me the whole time. Now I can see it. I kept trying, stumbling, trying, stumbling, didn't know what was going on. Now I'm meditating on God's Word, Word getting down in my spirit. Holy Spirit begins to speak to me and begin to reveal things to me. And now it becomes clear as day. Now I see what I was doing wrong or what someone else was doing to put obstacles in my path. Come on, you know, some of you know 2 Timothy 3.16, you know it. All scripture is given of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. Come on, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete. That's what God wants for us, for us to be complete, thoroughly equipped in every good work. Listen to another translation. The Living Bible puts it this way. It says the whole Bible was given to us by inspiration from God. And it is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. And it straightens us out, helps us to do what is right. It is God's way of making us well prepared at every point, fully equipped to do good to everyone. God's word does that for us. Understanding the Word of God isn't just for head knowledge, but for life application and for the transformation of hearts. We need, an, in order to get God's perspective, we need an understanding of God's Word. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to have an understanding of His Word. He wants to reveal it to us all. You don't need to go see a priest 
in order for someone else to interpret it for you. You need to get in that word. Now listen, what I'm telling you is Sunday morning is very important. It's important for us to gather, but listening to the word is only one part of it. I want to tell you something. You cannot just go to church on Sunday morning and listen to me spout off and say, oh, yeah, I know more about the Bible. Now I have a closer walk with God. I want to tell you what my job is. Is there teaching? Of course. Yes, there's teaching. I hope that you do learn something over the course of time, you know, that you come here. Of course there is teaching. Uh, is there preaching? Well, sometimes there is preaching, right? And that's to be inspirational. But what, what, it is, what it is for at the very crux of it, my job, I believe, is to inspire you to go study. It is to inspire you to look at, be like the Bereans. Anybody ever heard of the Bereans in the book of Acts? Paul, now the apostle Paul was talking to them. But still, everything Paul said, they go back. And they look it up. Let me see. All right, Paul. Hey, yeah, you're great. All right. That's good. Let me just make sure. All right. Yeah, that sounds good. Go back. Look it up. See it for yourself. I want to inspire you to read your word and to get an understanding. We must understand God's word. Second thing we need to have, two of three, is a life of worship. You must have a life of worship. Now, worship consists of a couple parts. First of all, there's obedience. And some of you know my definition of obedience is not just doing what someone tells you to do. Anybody know what else it is, what the other part of that is? When they tell you to do it. Parents know that. Some of you who are not parents don't quite get that yet. But as a parent, you, you, you understand that if my child is obedient, they not only do what I tell them to do, but they, they do it when I tell them to do it. And that's what God is saying. That's obedience. It requires obedience and it requires sacrifice. Do you remember when Abraham was told to take his son up to the mountain and to sacrifice his only begotten son? This is my son. This is not only just my son. This is a son of promise. Whom you said, Lord, many nations would come from. And now you're asking me to kill, to sacrifice my own son? The point of this, part of this, is not to talk about necessarily the sacrifice, but I want to tell you what Abraham said. He was taking his son and he was taking some men with him to help him carry everything he needed to get up there. And when he was a little ways off, it says he saw. The mountain. God didn't tell. He just said, go to a place that I'll show you. And when he was a little ways off, he saw the mountain that he was a sacrifice on. And he said to all the men, he said, listen, I want you to wait here while the boy and I go up to worship. That's what he said. Read it. It's in Genesis. He didn't say, while I go up to kill my son, I want you to wait here. While I go up a knife into his heart. I want you to wait here. That's not what he said. He said, wait here while the boy and I go up to worship. Little side note, what's most important to you in your life? Think about that for a moment. What, what is dear to you? Husband, a wife, a ministry, a gift, a talent that you might have, your job, children. What's most important to you? Here's what God is saying. Sacrifice that thing to me. If you read the rest of the story, you'll know what happened. God stayed his hand. And he said, I know now that you are faithful. 
and he blessed Abraham, and he blessed his son Isaac. If you sacrifice that thing that is most important to you to God, not only will he bless you, but he'll bless that thing too. Come on. There's a blessing before you. I don't know if you're getting that this morning, but there is a blessing before you. We need a life of worship. Philippians 4, 5 to 7, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Press in to his presence. You need a life of worship. So we need an understanding of God's word. We need to understand it, folks. We don't need to just hear somebody preach about it. We need to understand it. We need to develop a life of worship where we sac. And I don't mean when I say worship, of course, this is part of it. When you come here and when we sing together, when we lift our hands together, obviously that's a part of worship. But I'm talking about a life of worship. I'm talking about where you sacrifice those things that are most important to you to God. A life of worship. We need an understanding of God's word. We need a life of worship. And lastly, we need, we need, we need fellowship with other believers. You need it. God commanded us to have that, folks. No one is an island. No one is off by themselves. What does that do for us? It reminds us that we're not alone. The more you talk to other believers, the more you'll find out there's someone else going through what you've gone through. Or there's someone else who's already gone through what you're going through. They can say, been there, done that. Here's what worked for me. Here's some godly counsel. I'll pray for you. It reminds us that we're not alone. It changes our perspective from isolation to community. God created a community with relationships. Come on. He wants us to have a relationship with him and with each other. Come on. That's what it does for us. It brings us peace in the midst of turmoil. And then finally, it changes our focus from circumstance to God's character. Changes our focus from circumstance to God's character. It is comforting to know we are not the only ones experiencing challenges. And we're not the only ones that need encouragement. We need to encourage each other. Fellowship happens in community with laughter and with tears. Come on. Together. We share life together. When we are too close to our problems, we have a limited view. We, we only see the dark clouds when we're right in it. But when God allows us to step back and see his perspective, we can see the whole thing. I can see the beginning. I can see the middle. And I can see where God's taking us. We just have to go through it. You see, God knows the entire journey, folks. The beginning, the middle, and the end. We see only one small portion, but he sees it all. When we, are, when we are incorporated, then the essentials of our faith journey are shared with us. We're able to share the essentials of our faith journey, thereby encouraging each other. So you need an understanding of God's word. Come on. You need to have a life of worship. And in order to gain a different perspective than just looking around at problems, 
we absolutely need fellowship with other believers. Listen, God doesn't just, you, you, you've heard this before, but it's worth repeating again. Just like with us in school, you who are in school know this, you just don't go to your junior year without completing all of your sophomore year's requirements. You have to complete all the requirements in order to get to the next stage, in order to get to the next level. If not, you have to go back and do it again. No matter how difficult it is, that can be in elementary school, that can be in high school, college. I was even in the army with the, with the young man who, when I went into basic training, uh, when I got there, this young man, his name was Angel, Angel, Angel. He was, he was Hispanic, and uh, he, he, when, we, when I first got to my bunk, he began to tell me how to do it. He began to tell me how to roll my socks and how to make your bed and how to do all these things. And I said, how do you know all this stuff? He said, well, it's my second time going through because I didn't graduate the first time. So guess what? As hard as it is, he had to go through basic training again a second time. Now, I want to tell you, God is no different. You're going through a time and God is molding you and shaping you and he's got you on that potter's wheel. But listen, if you turn and go left when God is telling you to go right, you're going to go left and you're going to keep going left and you're going to keep going left and come right back around to where you started. And now, come on, and you got to keep on going. So if he says go right, trust me, go right. <laughs> or you're going to keep going left. Amen.